these passages of scripture that I'm fixing to read with you, I, I, I learned them years ago. Because, you know, as a Christian, there's times I struggle. How many, do, how many have problems? Oh, well, seriously. And, you know, a lot of times we're struggling maybe because we're trying to please God in our own power, right? We're trying to please God in our own way, our own righteousness. And Jesus at this time had been bombarded by the Pharisees. They had made it almost impossible. No, they had did impossible to serve the Lord faithfully because they had, they had implemented all kind of laws. If you read the next chapter, I'm not going to let you read there, but he's talking about how they went to the grain fields on the Sabbath day and the disciples were plucking the ears of the corn. And the Pharisees made it and said, well, you know what? They're doing what unlawful what it's to do on the Sabbath. You see, they wasn't earning a living. They were just eating. They were just getting food. But they had, they had placed... They had placed this law on every aspect of these people's lives. And, and what's bad about it, they didn't do it themselves. And it comes to the point where he, we're learning that religion is always going to impose things on you that God never intended, right? Gonna, religion is always going to make, make you say, well, you, you dress a certain way, you walk a certain way, you, you look like a certain way. And you know what? It makes it hard, for a believer to understand the rest of God because they're always struggling to try to be holy without really being holy. You get what I'm saying? And not understanding the principle of rest is knowing that Jesus died for your sins on the cross and he gave his life for you 2,000 years ago. And the only hope in life for salvation is the blood of Jesus, right? And when I looked at this stuff, now I'm not talking about, me and Bo was talking about, I'm not talking about God's Ten Commandments, the moral laws of God, Thou shalt not dust. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about things that men make up. They were, they were offended a lot of times because Jesus' disciples ate with unwashed hands. You remember that? And such, they made laws like such as washing the pot before you eat. And, and that's a good idea, but it still wasn't sin if you didn't do it. So they started adopting all these different laws. And it made it impossible for a man to serve God, right? I was talking to a preacher the other day, and he was arguing me about, about, you know, the law. I said, nobody ever kept the law. It's impossible to do it. First of all, you'd have to go to Jerusalem and find the temple. And you'd have to, there's no temple there right now. You'd have to go through all the different programs and systems and, and stuff. And it, you can't do it. You know, when God says in his Ten Commandments, like I say quite often, those are not ten opinions. They're ten commandments. It's not what God thinks you ought to do. It's what you better do. But those commandments can't save you. And I think the commandments are the grace of God because it, it tells you what sin is, right? It reveals sins to you so you can repent. So you can enjoy the rest of the Lord in your life. So I thank God for them. One of those commandments, well, let me read, let me read this verse uh, 28 real quick for you. Then I'm going to get into it. Come unto me. And Jesus is talking here, okay, in verse 28. All you who are la uh, laboring and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You know, he's saying, if you're looking for peace and rest, 
If you're looking for the joy and assurance of, of rest in your life, come to me. Right? Don't go to my mother. Don't go to the apostles. Don't go to the Pharisees. He said, come to me. My God, I feel that, man. When you're hurting, who do you go to? Go to Jesus. When you're facing depressing times and discouraging times, where do you go? You go to Jesus. You remember when, when Mo, Noah, I'll say Mo, Noah was building that ark. After he had finished building the ark, the Lord spoke to Noah and said, Come thou into the ark. Where does God get to say, where was God got to be to say come? He was in the ark with Noah. I believe the glory of the Lord filled that ark. I believe God rolled those waves with Noah. He made sure Noah was safe. I don't believe he was fretful. I believe he had a peace. He knew God was there. He was resting in that, that hope. Come thou into the ark. Jesus is the ark that we go to, right? Come, I feel it, man. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come thou into the, to me. Come to me. Somebody said, come to me, Jesus. Or you go to Jesus. <laughs> he was telling them, I am the way, the truth, and the light. See, the Pharisees were offering all these rules and these regulations and all these plans and all these laws. And there was nothing about God in it. You get what I'm saying? The only law that you should follow is God's law. The Ten Commandments are still in the New Testament, right? But they cannot redeem you. And they're holy, and they're good, and they're just, and they're from the Lord. But it's to reveal to you what's keeping you from God. You get what I'm saying? Thank God for the Ten Commandments. Thank God for the grace in the Ten Commandments. Because without, see, Paul said it like this in Romans 7, I was dead once, with, I was alive once without the commandments. In other words, I didn't know what sin was, so I, I was without his kiss, right? That's what he was saying. But when the law came, the Ten Commandments, I died. So he said, I, I had to do this. I had to realize the thing that I thought to be life was bringing death to me. Chapter 7 of Romans is a very controversial passage of scriptures. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you think you can walk this walk just by keeping the law, you're very much mistaken. Because the Bible says this. When Paul was identifying uh, at the beginning of that chapter, you need to go read that chapter, man. Chapter 7 of Romans, he said, a man is married to a wife. As long as that man is alive, that woman is bound to her husband. But when the wife dies, or, or the husband dies, she's no longer bound by that husband. Paul said, I was married to the law. Everything I did was law. Everywhere I went was law. The law was my wife. But when I accepted my God, when I accepted Jesus, I, the law died, Right? And I, I, I married another. So Jesus is having to deal with, you see, he knew that the New Testament covenant that was coming up, that he was establishing, would have been total freedom from law. 
Not that you can sin. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get you the wrong idea at all. You sin. Romans 6, verse 20 says, the wages of sin is death. But the law never intended to fight grace. You get what I'm saying? The law was to bring you to the cross. Bring you to grace. And Jesus is facing this very same situation right here in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. Well, laden with what? With laws. With, 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 with you know what I'm saying? With, with bitterness. With, 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 with uh, you know, whatever grief and sorrow, whatever you were carrying. See, they, they realized that the, the, old, the, the Old Testament law could not bring peace. It could not bring, all it did was weigh people down. See, without grace, that's what it's going to seem like. All you're going to do all your life is busy trying to please God by some law. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying wrong to follow. I am a Ten Commandments man. I believe it's the, it's the moral character of God. But I can't, when I'm, when I'm depressed, when I'm feeling down, try to ask the law to put its arms around you and see what kind of, come on, the law says, you sin, you die. That's what it says. You commit these sins, you're dead. You should, it's, it's, a, it's a penalty of death under the law, under the Ten Commandments. But Jesus is coming, and he knew what the fulfillment of the law was. He was the fulfillment of the law. He made the law what it was. Matter of fact, he spoke it. He's the one that, when Moses was on the mountain, you know, I am. We said, Moses said, when the people are going to ask what your name is, he says, so I'll tell them, I am sent you. And I always ministered to me so much because he's not the God of I was <laughs> or the God of I'm going to be. He's God I am. He was I am in Moses' day. He's I am today. <laughs> he's I am 100 years from now. His name will never change because he's ever present. Throughout the generations, he's always there. My Lord, I don't know if you're getting that. Please. When I call on God, I don't call on the God that used to be or the God that's going to be, the God right now, God. I am. I don't know if that's doing to you, doing to me. I am sent. I am that I am. What did Jesus tell when the Pharisees came to him? He said, you're not even 50 years old. You make yourself God. He said, before Abraham was. He was I am in their days. I am in my days. Let me finish reading this, okay? Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What is a yoke? Well, if you see a farmer, there's a yoke and there's a harness. A harness is something you put on one animal. A yoke is when you bound two animals together. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I tell people that I said, you know what? I am yoked to Jesus. See? And when he tells me to go straight, I follow. Right? There's always a lead mule in the, in the pack. There's always an, an, edge, uh, 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 an experienced animal that knows how to follow commands. And when he says, go straight, I'm on the others. All I can do is go straight. When he says, turn, all I can do is turn. See, by myself, 
I'll ruin anything God wants to do. But with Jesus pulling and giving, we can pull this whole community. Come on, Holy Ghost. We can pull maybe this state. As long as we're doing what the experienced animal, and I hate to use that term, but that's, that's what you do with a yoke. You would listen to the one that did, knows how to do the job. When I went to Tennessee, me and my wife, it surprised me. We went riding horses. And honestly, we got on the horses, and we started, and you know what? I didn't have to tell the horse to do anything. He just followed the same path every day. <laughs> he just kept, he, poor Boogie, he was on, he, he, a peacock came out from the woods. They had a, Boogie jumped off the horse. They had one lady behind him. I want to get off too. I want to get off too. He put fear in that lady. Should have stayed on the horse. <laughs> but I noticed those animals, they just went. Every day they would follow the same track. Every day, every day. <laughs> you see, people say, well, Jesus, why don't you go another route? No. Come on. Like Jeremiah quoted this morning, I, I read it this morning in Jeremiah. It says, let's go back to the old way. <laughs> Come on. The old path. See, everybody wants to try a new, a new uh, road with Jesus. Well, Jesus is a this, and Jesus is a that, and Jesus goes here and there. And everybody's right with God. No, not everybody is right with God. If you're not following the path that he set up, you ain't right with God. And you won't find rest, Right? So they hook up these two animals to this yoke, and Jesus is using the term, and learn them from me, or learn of me. For I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you find rest to your soul. And this is the, ver the verse uh, 30. For my yoke is easy. Burden is light. Religion makes it hard. Preachers make it hard. Come on, somebody. Denominations make it hard. You say, get saved, and okay, here's our rule book. And that's exactly what was happening with the Pharisees. Jesus said, don't worry about, she, they say and they do not. That's what he said. The law is good. He said, follow the law. He said, do all this. They pay tithes and everything, and all that stuff they do is good. But watch, he says, but don't follow after what they, they do and say not. They don't follow their ways. They, they're telling you to do something, and they don't do it themselves. Oh, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm a righteous preacher. I believe in holiness. I, I believe to live, follow God's commandments. That's not the issue. But when I make those commandments salvation, and I add them to what Jesus did on the cross, you know what I'm doing? I'm telling Jesus, it's, the cross is not enough. You understand what I'm saying? I had a little apostolic preacher, mean Booger's hauling some dirt on his, uh, on his church ground. And we had a discussion. Bro. Oh, look. I looked at him. I said, you know what? I said, I believe the cross is enough. And you know what he told me? He said, I don't believe the cross is enough. I probably got a problem. <laughs> My boys back there, he was with me. And we started saying, I can't believe you could think just dumping somebody in water will save them. Then 
he all of a sudden said, I don't believe water saves you. Well, that's what I've been telling you. Then you had to go back on track again. He got off track. He said, then he got mad at me. Oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> he realized what I was saying was the truth, but he couldn't accept it. You get what I'm saying? There are many religions doing the very same thing. Oh, Jesus, the cross is good, but you know you got to, and you got to go here, and you got to go through the systems and sacraments, and, and you got to follow the path. Listen, that's what he's talking about. My burden is light. Listen, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. And all we, all we have to do is obey the Lord and obey his word. I'm not bound by some religious shenanigan, some denomination made up. I'm bound by the word of God, right? My burden is light. I wanted to read you something. You know, the, the fourth commandment says, to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The Lord... In six days, made everything and rested on the Sabbath day. Okay, the Sabbath day was Saturday. And I was talking to Janice. I wonder if he meant just physical rest. Wait, listen to me a minute. Because he was commanded, they were commanded to rest their animals, their, 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 their slaves or servants or whatever they had. Everything was to stop on the Sabbath day. And I asked Janice, I said, you really, you really think it was just physical? There was to rest? Maybe, maybe mentally, spiritually, it was in there too. Because I tell you, what, when I come to church, if I'm thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm not, I'm not at rest. You, you, got, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When, I, when I'm thinking about all that's going on tomorrow, my, my anxiety rises up. And I find I'm not happy. And I sit there when I should be resting... I'm not. Because God gave us perfect rest. He said, go. You can work as much as you want. But on the Sabbath, don't you rest. And I said, Lord, a lot of times, I'm, listen, I'm not, I, I'm not saying, see, the only Sabbath I have now is Jesus. He says, come unto me. He would have heavily not give you rest. Jesus is my Sabbath, right? But if I'm not resting, I'm not honoring that Sabbath, right? I'm talking about Christ. If I'm not finding peace and resting my spirit, if I'm always struggling, you know what I'm saying? If I'm always fighting in my body, in my spirit, against my things, all, then I'm not resting. You know, I think about what Jesus said, don't take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow won't take thought for the things of itself, right? Don't concern yourself with things of this world, matters of this world. Because when I think about the way the world's getting going, I get nervous. I get anxiety. And I don't need that. You know, I'm not telling you, I'm not, don't be concerned. I'm not telling you not to pray. But when I let it filterate my spirit, and it makes me angry. You know what I'm saying? And it makes me uncomfortable, and I, and I don't feel like I can, I can spiritually adjust my life to, to, to worship and praise like I should. I'm not at rest. You know, I was, I was reading Romans 7 the other day, and, and I talked to, me and Janice talked about it. 
You know, Paul is very clear that he was fighting a spiritual battle, right? He said, the things that I do, I shouldn't do, that I do. Things that I hate, that I do. And to make the story, he was struggling. I asked a preacher the other day, I said, you think Paul was perfect after he got saved? I don't know. I know. He was human. And I believe he struggled with his faith. I believe he had battles in his faith. I believe he messed up. Come on. I said, I believe he messed up. I believe he might have sinned at times, even as a Christian. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this moment? I said, wretched. I'm going to share something with y'all. I'll make a confession, okay? The other day, I let a, I let a spirit of pride come on me. Brother, it didn't take five seconds to God smoke my heart. And you know what? I felt wretched. <laughs> I felt cast off. I felt maybe God didn't love me. <laughs> and I was talking about that. And I said, I, I, was, I, was, I have a shower in my house. And I was taking a shower. And I would beat my head against the wall. I was crying. I couldn't take this, man. This didn't feel right. I'm a born-again Christian. I shouldn't be prideful, Right? <laughs> wait not me brother I, I never go to that well, you better be, <laughs> you better go see if you say it because <laughs> you got nothing the devil got once I was remember brother Shambach told a story a lady comes to him she says the devil never bothers me you remember that <laughs> the devil don't bother me at all she, he said you better go get saved <laughs> Because the battle for us is going to come when you accept Jesus' promises that he wants to give you the rest. See, if you're trying to please God in law and trying to please God in spirit, he said, therefore, no condemnation in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, to those who Christ Jesus who live not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit, which is in Christ... Sets you free from the law of what? Sin and death. So he's telling you the law of Christ will set you free from the law of sin and death. There's two laws to follow, right? Oh. Listen, when I got a hold of that in my spirit, I was a happy camper. I said, being God, every time I try to please God with my own efforts, I'd be more miserable and miserable. I had to come back next day, try the same thing, try to make God happy with another effort, another effort, another effort, and another law I'd made up for myself. As wonderful as reading the Bible, Christians should read. When I start saying, well, I got to read so many chapters, and I say, well, well, I ain't going to be happy. God ain't going to be happy with And you know what? When I don't fulfill that, I'm miserable. You've got to read your Bible. As Christians, you, if there's no desire to read the Bible, you need to check something out. But if I say... I'm going to read 20 chapters a day, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to make it a law, right? I'm going to say, well, this is how many I got to do. And, and, you know, you try, and after a while, you wake up late, and, and you're too tired to get up, and, and, you, and you miss out on five chapters. So God, and you feel like you, your whole world is falling apart. <laughs> because you made a law within yourself. See, I believe in you. A Christian should be in the Word every day, every day. I don't believe a believer that knows God would not be in the Word. 
as powerful as that is, <laughs> listen, you're going to see a land, but we've got to go. <laughs> no. As powerful as prayer is, a Christian that don't pray got a problem. But if I got, listen, I got a, I got a, a system, and my wife will tell you, my clock's 4.30 in the morning, and, it's, and sometimes it ring, it, I wake up, it don't have to ring me, 4.28. This <laughs> I'm not joking. I said, man, I can go back to bed, man, I got to go pray. Just said, let me rest a little while. Take a, I said, Jen, I got to go pray, I got to go pray. <laughs> But it's the idea that inside of me, that's what I want to do. But if I miss it, that don't mean God's going to write my name off the land book of life. I just, you know, if I continue doing that, then I'm going to find myself weakening in my faith. But when I think about Jesus, says, learn, come unto me all and learn of me. How are you going to learn of him if you don't read his Bible, the word, right? How are you going to learn of him if you don't read the scriptures? Why would I hear people say, well, you know what? I'm not even going to mention sin. Well, you're going to have to cast 80% of this Bible out of the, in the garbage. Because from Revelation all the way to Genesis to Revelation, you know, it talks about sin. <laughs> and you know what? It's... What this word says that matters, right? See, I can't go to your house and say, well, you're going to have to do it this way and do that. You ought to know. You know, Jesus, Paul said, the Holy Ghost told Paul, tell him not the Lord over the people. A preacher that lords over, over people, he's got a pride problem. Your house, trick is your house. You have, you have the responsibility, or Brother Allen, or, or Blanche, or, or myself, or any, we have the responsibility to run our, our houses, or Ray, or Boogie, or Boogie's still living. But anyway, <laughs> we have to run our house on the basis of God's Word. You know? Listen, I don't have to go tell Tricky, well, Tricky, you got to do this, man. You're not doing it right. He ought to know, right? Or anybody else in this house. If you're not doing it right, you wonder why you're miserable. You know? Somebody says, well, Brother Lenny, uh, I don't think I have to read the Bible anymore. Well, you need to get right. Because <laughs> as a Christian, you, sh you, you ought to want to read. You know what I'm saying? My question is, I'm going to ask you before I close. I, I ain't no way I'm going to write all of this. <laughs> Maybe the Lord made me write it for me. Hallelujah. Are you at rest with the Lord? That's a question. And everybody, anybody in this building. Are you at rest? If you look at your spiritual eyes, I mean, I thank God. You remember the story of, of the Shulamite woman where she, her son died when Elijah, you know, uh, yeah. Elijah said, uh, you're going to have a son. She couldn't have a son. You remember that? And he grew and he died probably from a heat stroke. Then she sends her servant ahead of her and she says, go find the man of God. Right? He's the one prophesied. He's the one said he was going to be born. Go find him. Elijah was in the mountain praying somewhere. And all of a sudden, she, he sees her. And he sees her coming. And he told uh, Gehizite, his servant, go see what's going on with this woman. Go see, check her out. And she said, 
is it all well? And the lady said, all is well. <laughs> Her son is dead. All is well. All is well. She, uh, the son that she loved and was promised by God died. The one that she embraced and loved and cherished. And all she could say, all is well. You know why? She knew what God was going to do, right? She knew that she was going to have the rest she needed because God was going to give her back her son. Amen. And to lead the long story, Elijah and him going there and raising him from the dead. Amen. And you know why? She didn't say, oh, my God. Why? My son's dead. Maybe you might help me. <laughs> she didn't make excuses. All she could say, all is well. All is well. If I ask you today, is all well today? Boy, I'll tell you what, if you'd ever get a hold of this, no matter what comes your way, if I say, are you doing all is well, hallelujah. Not that you're not going to face tribulations and trials. It's going to happen. It's impossible that offense will not come. But trials will come. Testing will come. Come on, somebody. Can you say like that, lady? All is well. All is well. All right, you can close your Bible. I don't want to keep you too long today. I know you got, you know, <laughs> said, man, I said, no. <laughs> All right. Isaiah 28, 12 says this, to whom he said this is the rest with which you may cause them to, that are weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet yeah, they would not hear. Now listen, if you're, if, you're not, if you're not at rest today, if you're in church and you feel struggling, and I ask you, is the Word of God a refreshing to you? Is the Word of God giving you hope? Do you feel that no matter what I face, all is well? Listen, there's some, there's some tough, tough things going on right now. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to face with some, you're going to be faced with some dire stuff. I wish I could preach like the prosperity preachers and say, well, if you give $1,000, uh, God's going to pay off all your bills. Your husband's going to get saved. Uh, you're going to get a brand new Cadillac. <laughs> I wish that was true. It's not. <laughs> I joke around sometimes. People come in and say, uh, we're picking up a, a, a collection for the pastor. He needs a Cadillac. I'll never drop a Cadillac in my life. <laughs> I, I, I don't think if I had the money, I'd buy one. <laughs> Give me my little truck. <laughs> I can go up and down the lever like I was there. Hey, I, I had a testimony, really. I was fishing yesterday, and Isaac's red truck was stuck. It wasn't stuck. It was just spinning on kind of weeds or whatever. And they were trying, I said, I'm going to go in the back of that thing, and I'm going to jump on the back. And Minnie took off. He went one way, and I went the other. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but you know what? I don't have a lick of pain. Hallelujah. And it fell on his bad shoulder. And Nick, <laughs> Isaac and Donald's boy. You all right, Pop? You all right, Pop? I'm all right, Nick. You all right, Pop? Uh, you, you, you fell in the truck, Pop? I'm all right, Nick. <laughs> oh. oh, 
Four years old, huh? And man, I think he can talk with the most educated people in the world. He ought to fix the problems in this world. He probably do a better job. <laughs> All right. But anyway, I need rest from my weariness, right? You need rest. And I was looking at Jeremiah. Boogie, Boogie quoted it this morning. That must have been the Lord. I didn't tell him what I was doing. That would come from Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Go back to your old way. You remember a few months back, maybe a year back when I was, we had a service here. The Lord told me, go back. He says, if what you were taught was good enough 20 years ago, go back. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. If what was strengthening you 20 years brought salvation and faith to your heart, go back. Everybody wants to go away. Go back to what you believe. Go back to what you heard. Stand. Very little, very little church, man. The gospel, it strengthened me. I don't know what it did for everybody else, but it did something for me. It said, if it worked then, go back. Preach the same thing. The message never changes, right? Men change. Men's ideas change. We got to do something else. We got to read the, the 40 days of purpose to, to get right with God. We got to go through the system of books and bro nothing wrong with books. I'm not, they got some of them dangerous like that. I want to read it. I don't know, Bowen, you want to hear something funny? I told Bowen, I said, Bowen likes to read books now. He's coming up with some fancy words, man. He came with systematic theology. I said, Bowen, what, what's, <laughs> systematic theology. I said, my goodness, Bowen, we got, we got to try to win him back. I'm going to pray for him. He need to come back in the camp, man. He done lost it. <laughs> Got books all over his table. <laughs> so, I don't know how to start to spell it. How much less know what it is. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> go back to your old way. Then you will feel you'll find rest. Right? Oh. Maybe that's why the rest is not there. Remember when you first got born again? You had the faith to move a mountain, bro. You didn't care what somebody said about you. You didn't care what this one done or that. Man, you were just excited. Some light has come into your heart. You know, since Kathy done now when you told us about the testimony with Brother Mike, I told Janice I was blessed. How God moved in Sister Kathy and Brother Mike's life. And, and I went, and me and Boog was talking about and And I heard the story before, but I never heard it in detail like you told it. But to know God... Use that man to, to do a great work here. He could be dead today. When you told me you didn't recognize him when he got, when he got that accident. I said, man, I said, that, that was bad. But God moved and raised him up. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? It encouraged me because I could see now what we need to do, right? Is hold to that same faith. Go back and see what God done. My Lord, you're all awake this morning? Go back and see the power that God used to establish your faith. The people that he used. The message that you heard. You just get me mad when people say, I felt like I was in bondage. In I never felt in bondage one time in this church. Never. I told my wife that. I didn't have no, listen, I felt like I was learning, man. I felt like I was growing. Go see where those that have said that where they're at today. They're not serving God properly today. 
Because they want freedom. I never felt in bondage one time. The most powerful gospel I've ever heard, that's all I heard. I never felt, I had to correct preachers. And and they they had to justify why they were doing things that the Bible is totally against. And that's why, because I learned it here. You know what I'm saying? Never one time. Because I believe in my heart, I was ready to, to grow. I was ready to learn. I wanted to know God's way. Go back to the old way. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, I'm going back to the old way. <laughs> the new way stinks. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen, he said, go back to the old way. Find what made you faithful in the first place. Find what did something in your life in the first place. Find what gave you the faith to follow Jesus in the first place. Amen. Go back. And you will find rest. <laughs> you don't believe that says in the Bible? Go read it. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. When you knew God, and God was exciting to you. After a while, you get this religious spirit. You go to church, and you just, <laughs> I wish Berlin would get us out in time to eat lunch. <laughs> the chicken's burning. <laughs> I feel the whole, listen, I remember one day, listen, somebody was preaching. I'm ashamed of myself. I was falling asleep. It wasn't because the message was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> And you watch other people. You ever went to church? Never. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> One was falling asleep. He, he, you know, at least he was, he, he was going, he'd do this. Amen, amen, amen. I think he had a, a sleeping problem. <laughs> But you know what? <laughs> you, you, you know, you don't judge people that way. But you know you can see they're not, they're not hungry. I want to grow. I've been in it 40 years. Some of you have been longer. I want to grow. But we need to go back. If we're going to find rest, we need to go back. Don't worry what people say about you. Don't let them, they can call you dogmatic. They can call you legalistic. Tell them to take a hike. I'm going back. <laughs> I want to go back to the old way. My Lord, I remember when he used to run up and down this, this floor right here. Man, I remember people just excited. I could see the joy. I could see the, 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 the power of God moving. Praise God. Hungry, hungry ministers, hungry Christians. I mean, I could see it, man. It was so exciting. I think that's where me and my wife, that's where our foundation was, was settled. And I made my mind up. I'm not going to worry what people say. <laughs> I want to know what God expects of me. And now as a pastor, as a Christian getting older, I want to carry this message with me. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to put my faith and hope in Him. I'm going to worship Him, right? You got Go back. Go back to where that fire first burned. You know what I'm saying? Go back to where that, that, that love for God was there. You just knew it. You need to write that verse down. Go read it. Jeremiah had faced the situation where he was facing religious people. They would go to the temple. But yet they were committing adultery. Idolatry. You said you come over here and you see the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. But yet you go into all manner of sin. They ended up putting him in the cesspool, man. Both jokes around that. Both say, I'm in the cesspool. Listen, 
They end up putting him in a cesspool. But you know who was free? When, when, when uh, Jude, Judah was taken captive, Jeremiah was set free. The preacher that stood up in the midst when nobody wanted to hear the truth said, you, you do what God says. He'd tell them, repent, turn from your wicked ways. Amend your ways. That's what he would say. But they wouldn't do it. They liked their religion. They had that down pad, man. They had a temple. They had the whole setup. But they didn't love God. Go back, he said. <laughs> Go back. Remember Solomon building that temple? They had the same temple. Go back. Saw the glory of God fill that temple. Solomon dedicated to the Lord. And many had church. They had church. Ooh, man. They had some church. God's spirit filled that house. And man, the men of God just fell and worshiped God. Go back. Let's stand up, y'all. Praise God. I know everyone in this building. If I ask you right now, if you want rest, well, who don't? You know, when I, when I, when I read, we always talk about chapter 7. When I read Paul struggling and battling with the flesh, Apostle Paul, and he was fighting, well, you know, if I, to keep the law and keep grace and try to put them together. I don't see them separated. Seriously, I, I see uh, the law as a grace method to take you to salvation because it takes you to Jesus, right? It reveals sin in your heart. And I believe Paul had some times of worship like no man could have had. Because he, God gave him the revelations of the cross. Even Peter, mighty apostle Peter, seemed to have a problem with, you know, when he was in a trance and, and, and the Lord sent those different unclean animals or whatever in a sheet. And he was on top of a roof in the book of Acts. He said, Peter, take and eat. He said, Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. He's, he's quoting the law. <laughs> common or unclean. He says, what I've cleansed, don't call it common or unclean. The Lord put me in my place about five years ago. I was in church. And there's a man came in. He was raggedy. Man. He looked like he came up from on a rock. I could tell he's been in drinking or whatever. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, son, that's what my grace is about. My God. So I want to save that man. Don't call common. Or unclean what I've cleansed. He said, you know, what do you expect him to smell like? He, or, 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 you know what I'm saying? It comes out of the world. I came to save him. Whether he's born again right now, till I don't know. But I, got, I had some, uh, some correction points God made it very clear to me. Don't ever look at a person and say, you ain't, you ain't clean enough to come near me. Jesus ate with the publicans and the sinners. Pharisees made it very clear. Oh, he could go eat with publicans and sinners. He said, those that are sick need not a physician. I mean, uh, those that are well need not a physician, but those that are sick. I came for the loss. I came that man could find, find, find God. Listen. Bow your head. And I want to ask you a simple question. And listen, it's not judging anybody. Seriously, I'm not, that's not even the last thing I want to do. Ask yourself a simple question. Am I resting in the Lord? I can't make you have rest. Like I said many times, I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. 
right? And if you know in your heart you're fighting battles and you're, and you're struggling, it's time to stop. It's time to say, Lord, I'm coming to you. My, you know, I'm casting my burdens upon you. I'm casting my life upon you. And I know I could find rest if I yoke up to Jesus. I yoke up to you. Father, we just thank you for this morning. I, I, I thank you for this day. And I ask you, Father God, to move in the people here and that they can find rest. Father, I want more than anything that peace and victory in every believer in this church to happen. Lord, help us to stand up on your word, to remember your promise. As we sleep at night, we would we'd pray like the, the psalmist said, Lord, give me sweet sleep, for you give your beloved sleep and rest. Father, in Jesus' name, I praise you. I'll just keep your heads in That old little song came to my heart. My heart. Lord, I'll cast all my cares upon you. I'll lay all of my burdens down at your feet. Anytime I don't know what to do. Lord, I'll cast my cares upon you. Let's all sing it together, praise God. Lord, I'll cast all my cares upon you. I'll lay all of my burdens down at your feet. Anytime I don't know what to do, Lord, I'll cast all my kids. Amen. If you want victory, cast your cares upon the Lord. If you want, you want to overcome, cast your cares upon the Lord. If you want to live free and at rest, cast your cares upon the Lord. For his burden is light. Come on. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this morning. I just feel one pray. Lord, I just pray that you bless your people, God. Give them rest today. And Lord, we thank you for it.